Everybody talk about this, the Suicide Squad. Not to be confused with Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad. 2021 full feature. Literally, it's equivalent of the Fast and the Furious versus Fast and the Furious. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. You can put the in front of anything and just change the whole perspective of the movie. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a totally different movie. And you remember when they were talking like, oh, this is a complete reboot. This is a completely, you know, different this or that. Well, they can I, they do consider it that. They so consider I'm, it a reboot. So just so you guys know, this is our spoiler-filled review. So if you ain't seen the film on HBO Max, it's available, or going to the theaters, we're about to go all the way in. First thing I'm going to talk about is just that. The reality is that there are conversations in this movie. I know this is off the cuff. But in the movie, Harley was talking about how she got locked back up because she was robbing banks. Mm-hmm. And she robbed around bank and she got back in. In her own movie, the Harley Quinn movie, that's what, was, that's what she was doing. And then she got back in and then that's how she got pulled into this. And it felt like this was a progression from her from the Suicide Squad. And if if the Harley Quinn movie is a sequel from the, the original Suicide Squad, then in tandem, this would be a sequel from that, right? Can I, can I ask a weird question here? Yeah. If I if I erased completely erased the first Suicide Squad, would it change anything in this movie? No, it's set up to be like that. Hmm. It's set up to be like. It, so in it, other words, they well, particularly okay, so play they particularly play uh-huh. Harley's character to play more off of her movie than anything to do in the first Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. there's only two other references. Like, um, well, sorry, three. Amanda Waller indicates she's done this before. Um, yes. She makes a reference to uh, Boomerang. She called him Boomer. And then that's when he asked her, how did you get back in here? And then, of course, the relationship between Harley and Rick Flagg is a reference to the original Suicide Squad. But it's, it's really small. Like, it's, it's not even... Mm. It's, it's not even... It's kind of like... Um, if you looked at Gotham on Arkham, what was it was it Assault on Arkham? Was that the animated film? Yep, Assault on Arkham. If you've seen that, you would understand everything that's going on. So, yeah. So, so technically, it's, it's kind of like the way Marvel treats the Incredible Hulk. Like it's there, <laughs> kind of part of it. But... So, you know, that's actually a really good comparison. Why did they? Never mind. That's, that's neither here nor there. All right. So, Lucas, let's, let's just go ahead and get into it. Um, what was one of the things that you wanted to talk about that you couldn't talk about when we initially did our non-spoiler review for uh, the Suicide, Suicide Squad? Squad. So, um, clearly, as I say in our first review of it, in our non-spoiler review, how much I love John Cena's character. Yeah. He is sickening in this freaking movie. It's amazing. Um, yeah. the, the brutal violence of the film is what I wanted to talk about the most okay. because it fit with the Suicide Squad animated films, which was highly important here. Right. Like one of the biggest criticisms of the first movie, which contrary to everybody's belief, I liked the first Suicide Squad movie. Let me he just did, say y'all. He, he's one of the only people like that was an advocate for it. I liked it <laughs> up until the putties showed up. It was, it was entertaining <laughs> for me. But one thing it did miss was the element of 
hardcore action and gore that I had come accustomed to from the cartoon movies right. of the Suicide Squad. Because again, I'm someone who's not read a comic book of this, so I wouldn't know anything of that. I just knew that the movies portrayed this squad as being more violent and anything named the Suicide Squad should be more violent. It wouldn't yeah. make any sense if it wasn't violent. And this one picks up on that and goes full throttle with it. And that's what I love the most about it. These are unapologetic villains. Right. Whether right. you like them or not, whether they become likable or not, as a certain critic claimed, that's, that's the reason she didn't like it. It makes no sense. It's called the Suicide Squad. We know these are villains all locked up and being forced to do a mission. None right. of them want to do what they're doing. They're being forced to do it. And just to play off of that, and then you interject a character like John Cena's Peacemaker, who actually wants to do all of this stuff. He's the difference yeah. maker here because he wants to do this. This is something he feels he should do for America. And just the brutal amount of violence they give John Cena's character in this movie is great. I absolutely enjoyed it. So off of saying that, what are you thinking is going to happen in the Peacemaker, Peacekeepers? Now, that is going to be very interesting what happens in a Peacemaker series because... Clearly, he's still now going to work fully for America. Amanda Waller. Yeah. Or at least Amanda, Amanda Waller. Yeah. Well, Amanda Waller works for, again, Amanda Waller actually is working for the U.S. government. So, yeah. I mean, she's sick while she does it, but everything she does has a legit purpose to it. And to have this type of guy in her stash house that she can just use to do these brutal things, it's going to be very interesting. I'm more interested if they're going to make him a hero, an anti-hero, or a true villain. Because that's the way, that's going to be the most important part of this show. Is he going to be someone you like? Or are they going to go and say, nope, we're perfectly fine with you hating him, but he, he serves a purpose? Yeah. That's because great... that gives us something we haven't seen before. I think at this point, you need something different. It's kind of what this movie gets. The movie gives you something different. Granted, I now, after seeing it a second time, have legitimate issues with some things in the film. But it, it gives you the villain perspective that you needed to have from a Suicide Squad movie. And you can't be mad at that. So now I'm wondering, how will the show, which is technically the sequel to the film, how would it capitalize off of the tone already set? Right. Yeah, because this is one of the most goriest, uh, violent uh, <laughs> superhero films that you'll see. Probably since, what, Deadpool, Kick-Ass, and... Burn Bright? Sin, Sin, Sin City, Burn Bright. <laughs> you know Bright Burn? <laughs> yep. Man of Steel 2. That movie. Bright, bright Burn. <laughs> Look, no, that ain't got nothing on this. Yo, King Shark ripped somebody's whole body torso in half. You saw the veins but, but popping out. Again, that's why I don't understand anyone's gripe with the amount of... He's a shark. Right. What did you think he would do to people? Right. The Peacemaker bro. and Bloodshot are assassins. Like, exactly. What did you think they were going to do here? Like that's, so what, what, that's what makes it cool. One thing that I didn't pick up on the second time watching was uh, the fact that when Amanda Waller was, because uh, um, 
Westport was like, why did you pick him? He got the same exact backstory as me. He's got literally the same exact skills as me. And then I did put together. It's like, oh, she planning this whole double cross from the beginning. She was like, oh, okay, he's going to take out. Bloodsport, and then Peacemaker's gonna carry out my mission. They're all expanding. I don't think it was necessarily taking out Bloodsport. It was that he was the only person that knew the real mission. Everyone else assumed what the real mission was, and that was never the case. His job was to make sure no information got out. Yeah, because he's the trusted one. That's what make this. That's what made this one interesting. How many movies do you get besides possibly Payback with Mel Gibson? Where the bad guy in the film is double crossed by another bad guy in the film. It's not often. And, and if you've looked at any of the animated, that's the other thing. If you looked at any of the animated, both of them, was yep. it? I forget. Hell, Hell to Pay. Yeah. I think his name, Hell to Pay and, and Asylum, then, uh, Arkham. Asylum Arkham. You not only see the first sequence, you see she bit somebody's ear off. It was just some normal lady, just for the heck of it. She was crazy. But one of the things, the trademark is they're villains through and through, and they betray each other like it's nobody's business. Like, why it, would it's, why would they have loyalty to each other? It would, right. it literally makes no sense. Right, you're forced to be together because someone a planet bombs into your heads, or in the point of Itris's character, I use your child against you to do this. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. So real quick, boomerang got done dirty. So I got to comment off of that real quick. <laughs> I think in the smallest amount of time that James Gunn used Jack Courtney's boomerang, they gave him more cool scenes than he did in the original movie. <laughs> and I know, that, I know it sounds bad because, I mean, yeah, he, he returned and he just died. I mean, I get it. Some of you guys really want I, I would have been interested to see him be used in a different way as well. But much like the animated film, he was killed in that too. And yeah. I think that they did more with him on a cool level, giving him a really cool scene, made you care about him a little bit. Whereas the first one, like, yeah, he was common at least sometimes, but it I don't know. I I, I don't I don't like Jack Courtney, so I think I could care less that he got killed. Like okay. <laughs> if, if they would have if they would have recast him, maybe I would have cared, but Nope. I mean, Ooh, what, if they, what if they would have uh, picked uh, an actual was, British actor to play him? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was, I was trying to figure out a good way of saying it. <laughs> any any British actor could have played him. Any one of them. And I would have cared more. But here, I think James used them the proper way, which is, hey, we need to show just how crazy <laughs> Amanda Waller is. Like, we need to show that. And that's what this film does. Because she literally sacrificed the team for the greater mission. She didn't care if any of them survived. That was her goal was for them to be a destruction. What she did to them in this film, and I know it's a weird comparison here, but just go along with me here. What Amanda Waller does to them in this film is that war scene in the South Park movie when the general goes to his army and tells him what to do. And then he says, and the other plan is playing get behind the darkies. I mean, like I'm going to sacrifice all of you for the actual team. And that's what she did here. She sacrificed all the characters that we got very brief introductions to just for the betterment of the other team. Yeah. I would say that, even though they tried to make Amanda, they used a lot of um, 
uh, what's the word, exposition and dialogue to make Amanda Waller feel this evil character in the first one. Whereas her actions in this made her feel way more evil. Like the first one is kind of like, oh, okay, she's really she can play this role, but what does it look like her just unleashed? And that's what this movie gave you. Like she straight up, even mm. the people working with her were like, yeah, she's 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 gravy. <laughs> like she she'll kill all of us. But what you're saying brings up issue number one I have with this movie. Just yeah. one, because it's a it's a countless ones. After I saw it the second time, I did come up with problems here. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole you knocking Amanda Waller out thing, and her just putting an ice pack on her head to recover, is BS. She oh, would thought- have she yeah. would have murdered every single one of them. Every single, it would not have been a delay in her murdering every single one of them because we saw her do it. In the first movie, yeah. she murdered the entire team. So you think in yeah. this movie, you're able... Here's the thing. The last half of this film with Amanda Waller doesn't come across as realistic as it portrays to the character. Yeah. I can, I can there is that. no way you would have been <laughs> able to do any of that to her without her murdering everybody. And no, she's not going to assign you Peacemaker as revenge. She would have just killed you. It would have been right. no need for revenge. Right. So, it would have been like they got there to the hospital just for him to just kill them. Like, I, oh, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this is a I part of the mission. I'm sorry. That that oh, was yeah. a part where they, again, and this is on a second viewing. And crack, granted, I did have issues with it in the first viewing, but it became more highlighted in the second viewing because then you're portraying the character. Mm. And my only knowledge of Amanda Waller is from the animated films. Right. And I know in the animated films, that would have never happened to her in any way, shape, form, or fashion. She would have killed every single person in there. So that was kind of weird to do it that way. And I'm still confused why James decided to go with it that route. But, hey, he did. It doesn't overly hurt the movie. It just makes you question. So I think, honestly, that he decided to do it that way to make it more of a comedical thing to give, um, I guess, the the people working there, like, the groundwork, to something to do. Like, okay, they're not just, like, you know, thinking these people are expandable. Like, okay, we're going to make these villains have an opportunity to be able to save the day. I think that he sacrificed the realism for that gimmick off of that. Because at the time, it was kind of like, <laughs> they knocked her out. But me and Lucas were like, oh, she he, she's gonna kill them. Like, yeah. are they crazy? Yeah. Like, we yeah. were in the theaters, like, like they're about gonna... to die. <laughs> Be- because again, that it goes on a path of making that character unbelievable. Because yeah. when that happens, and then when uh, Bloodshot, because I'm, I'm gonna keep on attempting to call him Deadshot, but it's Bloodshot. When Bloodshot attempts to blackmail her into relief. Why wouldn't she have just blown his head off? Yeah, I mean, well, realistically, he said U.S. It's the U.S. government. He said that he put it on a uh, a cloud server that anything happens to him, it's going to get released out. So I think that she probably couldn't. I think it's. it's, I think the way I look at it is the first time that he she crossed him, and she told everybody to stand down. She knows he's the kind of man that ain't going to bluff. And I think that that's where they were trying to get off of that. That's that's the way that I took it. But uh, I thought that was a really dope moment as well. Like the fact that he, she freaking, 
<laughs> she blackmailed his tail with his daughter. Threatened to put his daughter in but prison. But that's what I mean. Like, so after she makes the deal with him to do all of this, mm -hmm. why wouldn't she have just killed him then? It's, it's or a matter of fact, she could have killed everyone besides him. And say, oh, you can survive. All the rest of them have to die. Bang, 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 bang. All heads explode. It would have made more sense for her character to do that. It 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 felt like at the end of the film, and this is why people this is when people's gripe about the characters being too likable can be a problem. Mm -hmm. She should have killed them all. They're all bad people. There's not a single one of them that's a good person. And it's you threatening to release that type of information on a government that could easily, easily just decide to attack and destroy every server there was including cloud base if they wanted to you i'm I, what i'm saying is that they needed to make her a bigger threat than she ends up being in the film because if you're going to continue this story it has to continue with her being the threat and here you kind of cut cut her short and yeah. i don't think there's a way to recover from cutting her short here because what's stopping the next person from doing the exact same thing yeah, so I would agree that the main villain of this was not Starro, you guys. It won't even uh, Peacemaker. It was the U.S. government slash Amanda Waller. And at first I was kind of like, oh, Waller's doing all this on her own. But no, like the U.S. government is allowing her to do all this. So, yeah, the, the real I mean, threat in this is definitely Amanda. Well, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? What do you mean? What? See, why? Here you go. You cannot tell me the purpose oh. of Starro and what they were doing didn't make sense. It made perfectly good sense why you would do it. Whether what? whether you think it's an evil thing, yes, that's up to you. But logically, logically, in your mind, you got to understand what she was saying is realistic and should happen. If I have to sacrifice this little country. To get what I need to get, of course you oh do it. Oh my gosh, Lucas! Here we go of again. Of course you do it. Like again, it, it's something that I think is a great part of the film because it rings so true. Because I think that's what any government of any country would think. Like, yes, that makes perfectly good sense to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing that I always wanted to bring up that we couldn't do in a non-spoiler discussion is. Yeah. In the first movie, one of the biggest issues that people had was that the main villain in a Suicide Squad movie presented them with a world-ending scenario. And people yeah. said, wait a minute, Suicide Squad doesn't necessarily do world-ending scenarios. Well, this one did the exact same thing. Like, this is a huge monster that, in all honesty, is a world-ending monster. We know it's a world-ending monster because we introduced to him through the Justice League. Yeah, this is the first villain that the Justice League ever fights. Yeah, guys. so and... it's a world-ending threat. So to me, again, off the second viewing, I still love the character Starro as as of as whatever he's supposed to be in this movie. I really do like it a lot, but it did make me question: <laughs> Why would this? Why why would this be the villain for them to fight? Like so... in all honesty, the general would have made way more sense for them to fight him and him be the main purpose for the movie because that kind of aligns more with what 
the Suicide Squad is. Granted, in the end, it's not a bad thing that they did Starro at all. And it's very, very interesting that they did Starro and the way they did this character because he's he's a big starfish. Like in the end, like so it's very interesting the way they did it. But I can see some people who had gripes with Enchantress being the villain in the first one because that's a world-ending type of villain. Them having the same issue with this one because you put the squad again in a world-ending scenario. And that's a scenario they should never be in because as I say it with Marvel, and I always say it with Marvel, it makes absolutely no sense to me how one hero has a threat that's a world-ender and no one else shows up. How is Starro there and i don't see a lantern i don't see a kryptonian Mm -hmm. i don't see a bruce wayne like why don't i see the other heroes who understand the threat that this thing is yeah that's all it is it brings questions of that nature so this is the thing that i thought about because i pondered that too second time watching it i was kind of like you know superman probably should have showed up (laughs) yeah because if he would have showed up it would have made sense because, but okay, I'm gonna give you the alternative. The reason why I say that the problem, reason why he didn't go down that route, um, is because if they would have shown up, they most likely would have gotten one of the stars on their faces. And at that point, if Superman gets one of those stars on his face, everybody's done. It doesn't even matter. But you know, boy, what I'm saying? does that make that a uh, an extremely interesting movie. It does. It, it does. But at that point, if Superman gets it, it don't even matter, bro. Like it's kind of like, but I, th- I don't could be like eliminate them now. And but do, you, but do you think as a hero that should be a deciding factor in a world ending, like the the elves in Thor two? And I've always questioned where the hell was everyone else at? They were clearly going to take over the world. That's how it is here. With granted, I think they attempted to solve the issue by saying. By Starro saying, this is my city now. Because then the the illusion is, he's not going to expand past this. Yeah, that's what he said. But? Which, unrealistic to me. It's not Um, unrealistic, but it brings a bigger issue. (laughs) As a Superman, a Green Lantern, an Aquaman, do you allow this starfish to rule over a country with no one stopping him? Honestly, uh, uh, the Green Lantern would be like, wait, 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 there's, there's, wait, there's an alien on the planet that's been <laughs> for like longer than Superman has been here, and I had known about this. Oh yeah, no, we gotta, I gotta, I gotta take him out of here, you guys. I need some help. But no, okay. again, yeah. So my my issue with that isn't so much, you know, why a superhero didn't show up. It was more so that Amanda Waller was like, well, I don't care, just let him stay here. I would have been, if I was a man, I'd be like, uh, yeah. We got a backup contingency of just blowing and nuking the whole entire place. Because that would have made more sense to me as opposed to just letting that, because well, all these different people are just becoming drones well, of, a, of an army. So I was like, why not nuke everybody if you're going to do all that? Remember what I said earlier about the U.S. not giving a hell about this little country? But it, makes, it makes perfectly good sense for her to say, just let him stay here. He's not a threat until he becomes a threat to the U.S. Bruh. If he just wants to enslave all of these uh, poor brown people that we don't care about, that's terrible. By, by all that's means, terrible. That's by so all terrible. means, allow him to do it. We're not going to act like 
America hasn't done this before. It is what it is until it affects them. And that's what makes her character in this circumstance extremely realistic. Until it affects America, she could care less what happens to everyone else. Yeah. That's kind of the Amanda Waller that I think everyone should expect to see. Yeah, I guess. Because she's not, um, she don't put the Suicide Squad together to save the world. She don't care about no. the world. It's no, the U.S. No. she cares about. In the end, they were only sent there to get information that could hurt the government. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Also, uh, one thing we couldn't bring up is the javelin. Oh, <laughs> Harley the whole entire time was like, yo, he's so cool. He's this poor dude. Like, I love your javelin. She was getting all buddy-buddy and nice with him. This tail's down on the battlefield. She's still talking to his dead corpse. So God, she's like, yeah, I think he, he woke up half dead. was like, this is your destiny now. And I was like, what are they doing with this javelin? The whole entire time, she's like slaying people with the javelin later on. All to find out that, that that javelin is the thing that pierces and kills uh Starro. Starro. I was like thrown. Now <laughs> let, me, let me ask you a question because again, you've seen it twice. Did you feel the beginning of what we see as Har- Harley Quinn storyline after the battlefield was pointless? Because that's what I felt. Wait, what do you mean? The whole romance thing, it so, it, so it I, comes I so far out of left field. So I I think that it definitely comes out of left field. It's definitely a James Gunn kind of move. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll agree with that. But it's two different things that I liked about it. The whole point was the guy was like, well, everybody looks at you as this woman that cannot be controlled, that is an anarchist, that is this. And I want by association to be connected with you. He's freaking insane, stupid for it. But I, I understood why they were talking about that because that, mm-hmm. that is that's what she's evolved to being at this current point in the DCU. But the thing that I loved about it, which is the second part, is that she was like, Oh, you're talking about killing kids? That's a red flag. I gotta kill you. <laughs> and she just her her little screw just goes loose. And I was like, that's what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for her to kind of like. Because even in the animated series, like there's moments where Harley just like she kind of is off a little bit. And I think that they use this as a moment to show like how easily like she was just literally kissing, making out, making love with this man. And she killed him and just like wants to see him die like this. And I I love that aspect about it. So the setup for me was better payoff than the fact that it didn't necessarily have to be there. Um, but I like I like I like the moment and, and it, I didn't have a problem with it at all. To me, that's the biggest issue. It it feels so unnecessary with the rest of the film. Like that whole, I absolutely love her escaping and everything that happens there, but I could have got the same thing if he just kidnapped her against her will. And she didn't fall for him. Because that makes no sense. For, for a character who is supposed to be exiting a very toxic relationship, Harley, they have not portrayed her as a character who would have even taken kindly to the way she got to his palace without killing everybody. Yeah, yeah but I'm, what I'm saying is that her MO, even in the comments, she's really flirty with everybody. 
And as soon as you get too close to her, she's going to bite. And I think that at the moment that she kind of realized, yeah, nah, yeah, you got to die. Like, <laughs> I was just, it was, it made it so funny that I was kind of like, I have no, I have no issues with the well, setup for that. Again, I have to, I have to be consistent. Yeah, go ahead. I have literally said countless times about that other studio in their films. I don't care about what you've done with the character in the comics when you have established the character in your films mm. in a different aspect. Yeah. Harley does not come across as the type of character in film that would have ever accepted anything of that nature. Especially yeah. if we are to perceive this is coming from the Harley Quinn movie. This is definitely something that would never have flown right with her. Yeah. Yeah. Because of that, it makes that it I literally fast forwarded through that entire thing. Cause I said, oh, all of this is pointless. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like a pointless gap in the movie. And it makes me question like what was really the point of it? Was the point of it just to get the scene at the end of her escaping? Because that's yeah. what it felt like. The second yeah. viewing, it felt like, even though the first viewing, it kind of felt that way, but because of you know everything that was going on, I was perfectly fine with it. But the second time, I'm like, oh, this is this is really a pointless scene. So, I mean, it would be more of a question of the guy that was initially in charge not being there at all. Yeah. Like he just, him as a character just completely being removed in in, in this entirety because the transition of power would have just been to that guy anyway the general anyway it, it, it reminded me and again i always have to say excuse me for comparisons because i try not to compare things that irritate me but it reminded me of when in endgame the little uh when captain america hits and a little hammer raises and it goes into his hand that whole scene is freaking pointless because of what we know of the character it felt the same way here with her in that scene. I was like, oh, yeah, that's not, it, it's not necessary. I'm not getting anything extra out of the character by that way. In all honesty, I'm dimming the character down some by doing it that way. So yeah. that's what, yeah. Oh, hold up. In the first one, she, yes, it's with the Joker. This dude ain't the Joker in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And they literally explain all of that in her own movie. And that's the problem. At that point, we're not being... Again, it's the same issue that that I had with Amanda Waller and you kind of take away the realism of the character by doing that. And these are the only... Let me say, these are the only two characters that it does this with. Now, for some people, that may be an issue because amazingly, it's the women characters that they do this to. But it's just an unrealistic jump for these two characters to take. Yeah, so one thing that uh, me and Matt talked about earlier, when it came to Harley specifically, all that aside, that scene aside and that moment aside, I feel like this is one of the best from an action and from like a usage of Harley when it comes to like her working with the team. Like she tried to protect Polka Dot Man. She tried to protect King Shark from those things being on him. Um, she really has evolved mm-hmm. into a fully realized character at this point. And even to the point of what she wore, like she didn't have anything too revealing at all. Like James was really classy in the way that her attire was done. And I'm pretty sure Margot Roddy had a, a big pull of that. Cause I think she's one of the executive producers on this. 
Uh, I know she was with her movie. But I don't know. If she no, no, I don't think she is here. But you think that plays a lot into the point in her movie? She wears absolutely nothing revealing. The only movie yeah. that she wears anything revealing in is um, David Ayer's movie, the original one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. she's not revealing in in her movie at all either. Yeah. But again, I mean, I have no issue with the action here. Again, I, I could. All of this is nitpicking. I literally gave my score to movie, so you know I, how much I like the movie. I'm just also going to point out why would Harley Quinn be a team member for any of these people? <laughs> She's literally a psychopath who would gladly watch all of them die and not have an effect on her. So that's where I said that this felt like the Harley from the animated series more so than it did the Harley that we've seen before, even in David mm. Ayer's. Because the Harley animated series, I mean, she's constantly around, you know, a group of folks and she's trying to stick her neck out, even though she's half crazy. You know what I'm saying? And I, that's what I kind of felt like this was the closest we got to that. So do you um, think that then it, so then that would mean they completely changed this character from the way they established her already in the movies to attempt to match her closer to the animated series. Again, if, if I'm going to be consistent, and you too, because you said it too, that would be an issue. Because if, an, again, uh, if another company did it, I would have called that BS. And I'd say, wait a minute, did you just change this character because you've established them a different way in a different universe that you're going to completely change the aspects of this character? Because that would be an issue. Now again, don't don't go by Sam. Don't go by the how, how much you like the movie. Literally, just go by what you just said. It is much closer to the animated series than what you have established in the films for Harley Quinn. That would be a question mark because so, then that makes no sense. So I'm I'm gonna say this: the way that I look at this is the way that they did. And this is gonna sound this is a terrible comparison. The way that I look at Thor one, Thor two, and then Thor three, and how Thor three takes that character and makes him a completely different, more evolvable, a lovable, and also more empowering character than the first two movies established him to be. It was almost a completely different revamp. Not to say that they didn't take from different traits with Harley from those different films, but I think that they decided, like, okay, we're gonna do this a completely different way. So yeah, no, it is, I can see where some people would be very jarring behind that, especially if they're like, okay, this is not the Harley that I got from her movie, or yes. this is not the foundation behind what they've kind of built. Exactly. I can understand people's gripe behind that. But mm -hmm. for me, I'm kind of like, I, I'm getting the best of both worlds. I'm getting three different versions. I I, I like this. I, I'm, I'm all with this. But yeah, no, I, I can get where some people, if they really were pro- mm. Um, from a continuity what's, standpoint, what's, you understand. What's the, what's the, the director issue. of the Harley uh, movie? Uh, Kathy Yang. Yen. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of people were an advocate for her movie. I I personally didn't like it. Um, I, we've talked about this before. Um, I I very much so just really I just didn't buy it. It was, it was but that was more of a tonal issue than anything yeah. else. But yeah. I thought that even with the tonal issue, it still. It still established a great Harley Quinn. And yeah. here, you're reverting to a completely different person. 
And that sticks out a little bit. Like, wait a minute. It, this can't be the same one I saw leave her team at the end of at the end of her movie. Completely. <laughs> like, nope. I don't want no parts of that. And here yeah. we get her like caring. She she cares. Like she she stuck her neck out for uh because King Shot almost freaking got killed by those yeah. during uh creatures. The only person I would have accepted fully her sticking her neck out for would have been Rick Flag. Rick Flag because of the first movie. Yes. Her but relationship. Then, then it brings in other questions, but I'm not gonna bring in those questions. I'm just gonna focus here on the change that they do with this character here and me understanding why. Because again, this is all about trying to come to an understanding why certain people will have issues with the film. And this yeah. is something that I can imagine them saying, that's a problem. Yeah, it's kind of like, no, it's kind of like, I get it. If you're a purist, though, this is what you expect. This is you're going your expectation for the third incarnation of this character. Kind of like when I looked at uh, uh, the Justice League 2017 and I got the Batman that I got in that one versus what I got in Zack Snyder Justice League, I was like, this is not the Batman that I wanted from the one that you established in, and Lucas always says murder Batman, but whatever, come what way, the Batman and Batman versus Superman versus the Batman and the Justice League that Josh Whedon did, it was completely different. I, I was jaded, so I, I, I get it. He was I, still, I get it, it's, it's he, he all was. good. But Superman died, and they tried to use that to turn his belief system. Granted, that could work if he knew Superman for a long period of time, which he did not. So nope, who cares that Superman dies? But <laughs> here, it it just it it's just not a good transition, and that's something that um, DC is going to have to work on. Because as as you attempt to get further along, and granted, they are blatant in saying everything doesn't need to be connected. But if you introduce these characters in different ways, you're going to have to keep something of them in each film they're shown up in. And with Harley now being clearly the, the front person of this, it, it, it can be an issue for certain people. Yeah, And that's the problem because when it becomes an issue with certain people, it leads to uh, you all talking about it earlier today when why do people not like the movie? I'm literally giving you reasons and legitimate ones why people can say, yeah, this ain't it. Yeah, no, that's what me and Matt were looking for. We were looking for people because people were just like, oh, it's okay. Or people was like, a lot of people were kind of just like not giving like explicit reasons why they didn't like it. And so okay. I, I, I at least am happy you're coming out. I can, with some I can give you about. one that someone gave me. They said their biggest gripe with the film is they didn't know any of these characters, nor did they care about the outcome of any of these characters. Do you think it's hard to do a movie? Granted, name Suicide Squad. Do you think it's hard to do a movie like this if if the audience doesn't care what happens to any of these people? So I think that's a more... Uh... A subjective perspective because I personally I cared about Polka Dot Man, I cared about Rat Catcher too. I actually cared about Bloodsport. Um, I cared about Harley, so I I can't speak to that. But how, if I didn't, how if I much didn't, how much of the caring had to do with possibly knowing some of the past story that these characters have, versus if you were dropped in this movie completely. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know anything about this cinematic universe. Mm -hmm. This is the first time I've seen any of these people. Mm -hmm. Why would I care about any of them surviving? So I, I, and, and this is me, I'm being, I'm put myself on blast right now. I knew nothing about Ratcatcher at all. I knew nothing about it. I didn't know nothing about Polka Dot Man other than Polka Dot Man exists. <laughs> Just like Calendar Man. I didn't know until I looked at uh, the animated, I didn't know who Calendar mm -hmm. Man was. And I'm a DC fan. I had no idea who any of those, you know, three characters were. Mm -hmm. But in this, in the way that James portrayed them in a specific way, like even taking about like Polka Dot Man specifically, this man was experimented on by his mom in Cadmus Labs. Both one of his siblings died, and the only way he can survive is to excrete literal like orbs out of his body, or he's gonna implode. Like and everything that he sees because of that trauma, like he, it's it's funny, but it's also really rough that everybody he sees literally looks like his mom. And I got behind it. I cared about his character when his character died. I was like, dang, flip! Like he had just became a hero, and I, I that sucked for me. Rick Flag in the first movie, I, they use him like um, what's the good word? A prop device. Whereas, like, you got Mrs. Mm -hmm. Moon, Enchantress, where she was like, okay. But it's kind of like, I didn't really care because he was just always butting heads with Will Smith, and then they just all cool, and then everything happens in the third act, which is terrible. But in this movie, I was kind of like, I actually kind of cared. I actually liked their camaraderie. I liked the way they used the characters in this one. So for me, I actually, I didn't know about some of these characters at all. And yeah. I actually fully found value with it. Now take away your knowledge from the Suicide Squad. Yeah. And think about it. Because, because in the end, you know what the Suicide Squad is. Hmm. Now imagine being someone who doesn't. And all these characters are dropped in on you. Mm -hmm. Why would I care about what his mom did to him? Why would I care about Rick Flagg in any way, shape, form, or fashion? Because in all honesty... The reason why we care about him is because of the first film. It's literally nothing in this film that happens that makes me care of anything that can happen to Rick Flag. So when we so, get people who criticize it, you got to understand this may be their first time seeing or hearing anything about a Suicide Squad. And if this is, then what happens is they don't understand that these characters are really made to die. They don't understand, like, hey, Rick Flagg and Harley have a relationship from another movie. Instead, they're just dropped into this movie, and maybe they saw the first Harley Quinn where Rick is not present at all, and they're wondering, why the heck does she have feelings for this guy? So somebody somebody had a problem. Somebody put on Twitter, because I put a lot of different stuff up, that mm -hmm. they had an issue because Boomerang got killed. They they were like he's one of his fa their favorite characters from the first Air movie, and they really had a problem that he just got killed so quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, the way that I take your your conversation, if I didn't know anything about Suicide Squad, and I took Ratcatcher, just focusing and harping on her, like mm -hmm. and the person your your person you're talking about said they didn't care about any of the characters. Yeah, the first time we see, first time I see her, she's this little girl in jail. Is it narcolepsy where you just keep on sleeping, sleeping? You can't stop sleeping. Is that it? Narcolepsy? Is it narcolepsy or is she just supposed to be a lazy millennial? Because that's also what they brought up. They said it had nothing to do with a disease. She's just supposed to be a lazy millennial, which in all honesty, that's the way it comes across in the movie. 
that she's supposed to, well, not even a millennial, a generation Z, Z? lazy person. Because that's what it comes across as is that she's just lazy. I, I, I don't know. She just was always consistently looking tired and zoned out. Either way, mm-hmm. it's kind of like she got dropped into this situation of life and death. And she seems like the most sweetest character. Like she Except got this murderer, rat. right? Except she's she, a she's a murderer. But but by who? Because we were talking about this before. Is that her dad was the original murderer? Her dad was the original person that had all these things. He was and he the original down all this. Yeah, he passed down all this stuff to her. But then she did something she, to end up in jail. But they never said what. They never said she actually did it. She just but got again, caught. And so, that is the. You literally, you, you're literally addre- addressing what some people have issue with this film for. What? Give me backstory. Why is she in jail? Why is she a villain? Because you're not telling me anything why she's a villain. So why is she really a villain in this movie? Uh, there you go. She robs banks, so she's a villain. She was just. There's no such thing as just a thief. But she's a thing, so she's a bad Bruh. person, Bruh, so nah, bruh. Again, nah, nah. someone, someone who's being dropped into this movie, why would they care about her? I mean, it, it literally is, it's literally the issue, but that we address, we addressed years ago in a different chat and everything we had about the suicide squad, which was why would we care about any of these people? But it's it's besides having names, and I mean big Hollywood names attached to these characters. That's what makes you care about them. If I exchange Itris Elba with inter-black British actor here, if Mm -hmm. I exchange John Cena with inter-unknown wrestler here, would you care as much about these characters? You wouldn't. So now so I I cannot agree with that because I feel like that's so subjective. I, it is, I it, to me. Get, but guess what though, the subjectiveness is to the general audience. It's literally the same thing I say about Marvel films. When you look at a general audience, what are they looking at? What they're looking at is a film that they don't know why they should care about any of these people. And because I don't care about any of these people mm-hmm. and any of these characters, the only thing I could care about is the actors attached to their names. So when we do that portion of it, it makes it automatically separates. Again, this is only looking from it from a extreme critic standpoint mm-hmm. of this film of saying I can understand why multiple people, because it's not just one, because if it was just one, this film would not in its audience reaction be at an 83. That that an 83 normally means for audience reaction that they're kind of so-so on the film. The reason why they're so-so on the film is because they don't know any of these things. People love to know characters. They love to get a connection to characters. It's the reason why we get the same Marvel movie over and over and over again. Is because it introduces you to characters that you can care about. Unfortunately, the Suicide Squad is set up where you shouldn't care about any of them. They all can die at any given time. Yeah. But without that being explicitly told to the audience, and they can leave them. Because just saying their name is the Suicide Squad is not enough for a general audience. You literally have to explain to them, by the way, 
All of these people can die at any given point in this movie and none of them matter. Without you explicitly saying that to a general audience, you can get some of these audience reactions of them saying, I don't care about this. I don't care about these people. Like, this is confusing. I literally had people tell me the movie is confusing because I don't understand the point of it. And I couldn't even argue with them about it. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I feel like with this film, at the end of the day, all, all you're saying makes sense for different specific people if they do have an issue with this film. I'm not just I'm not yeah. discrediting that or absolving mm-hmm. that. For me, <laughs> if I didn't know anything about any of these characters and I just looked at this as the first time, like, yo, I we got another James Gunn random. Like, imagine, all right, take the fact that these are not Suicide Squad members. Like, take their names away. Uh-huh. I would be fully enjoying this entire ride. Because well, this is go. this from for me. I'm saying uh-huh. it for me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The thing about this film is that your point was that you're not supposed to care about any of them. Exactly. You're not supposed this. to. But for me, I actually cared about some of these characters. And when you can do that, you've already doubled down on what my expectation was. My expectation was, oh, man, they all about to die. Like, it's rated R. Like, everybody about to get swiped, you know? And a lot of them did. A lot of original members absolutely did get swiped in this. Mm-hmm. Rick Flag bit it. Boomerang bit it. Um, somewhere dead shot is somewhere, but they all pretty much bit a terrible end. But the thing was that I actually cared about when certain people towards the back half actually bit it. And so for me, that makes up a really good film because I, I didn't think that I would go into this caring at all. I just wanted to be entertained. I wanted to laugh. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that I would feel anything. So taking away their suicide squadness or whatever, because there's certain characters I really didn't know. For me, that's what makes this such a good film. So I, that's that's but what I was it, gonna say about it's, it. Before it's we... always it's always going to be harder for us again because it sounds like I hated this movie. Keep in mind, I gave this I gave this a nine and a half out of ten for this it movie. Is. That was our review of it. But I think our job as people who critique film and yeah. can look at it from different perspectives is understanding why someone would have an issue with this film. That's all it is. You have to understand it because without understanding why someone can have an issue with something, to me, you close your mind off to the possibility that something you love isn't as good as you think it is. Mm -hmm. So for someone who comes in and says, hey, guess what? I don't like any James Gunn movie. Or I I couldn't tell you who James Gunn was if I picked him out of a lineup. I had the slightest idea who this guy is. So if they are dropped in the middle of this movie, they can have countless problems with this movie. It just helps that I, one, I know who James Gunn is. As Sam would tell you, when we left the screening, what did I say? This is a perfect James Gunn movie. Yeah. To the T. I said, this is Slither with a budget to it. But I know what Slither is. But I also know people who absolutely hate Slither as a movie. Yeah, yeah I do. Because they don't understand the the aspects right. of right. his right. filmmaking ability and right. what he brings to film. So right. those people could be people who don't like this movie. So then we need to be we need to be able to look at it subjectively and realize, okay, so this is what people can have issues with this film for. Everyone's not bad to have issues with films. It is certain people, a particular person 
to me who's absolutely horrible and telling me you didn't like this film. And that would have been um, Miss Randolph who says she didn't like the film, which makes no sense because she's in the comic book realm. So she understands what this film is. So while I give passes to people who aren't into comic books, they don't may know, they don't know the Suicide Squad. So then mm-hmm. they'll get thrown into this stuff and they're like, this is just, it's not enjoyable to me. I can tell those people, I fully understand why. I can then point those people to the animated films. Maybe you need a little backlog on what the Suicide Squad is so you can understand why the movie plays out the way it does and why people enjoy it. But when you have people who are in this universe already who understand comics who did say they don't enjoy it, I don't know what the hell your problem is besides maybe you like Zack Snyder. And maybe you like James Gunn in the MCU instead, making them childish silly movies. Maybe stuff like that puts puts in perspective why you don't like this film. But then that point, you don't like it because it's a bad movie. You don't like it because maybe your studio that you do like could never produce a film like this. Oh, or maybe, Lord. maybe the director you like could never produce a film like this. So it leads you to hate on it unnecessarily. So here, I'm just here to point out it's legitimate issues with this film that people cannot like. But if you have an issue with this film because you are someone who attached to the MCU and you like the Guardians of the Galaxy and you like James Gunn that much and you can't believe he did a DC movie, guess what? Guardians 2 sucked. And he needed to do something different. And this film is closer to what his sensibilities as a filmmaker is. If you're someone who like uh, Snyder Luther King so much that you're mad that that incarnation of the DCEU won't continue, get over it. No one cares about the movie anymore. You got your movie. It's time to move on, move past that, and enjoy what you're getting in front of you because I'd be damned if this ain't an enjoyable film. This is something that I would champion. The point that I said from the beginning that I would take my time to explain to people who don't like this movie, who may don't know the Suicide Squad, to check out the animated films because maybe you'll appreciate what you're getting more. I'm not doing that with every film. I'm not trying to explain to people why you should like Zack Snyder's movies. They suck. (laughs) You shouldn't like them. I'm not explaining to you why you should like Guardians of the Galaxy. I love the first one. The second one is one of the worst movies Marvel has ever put out. But that's not a reason to hate this movie. Take it as a grain of salt. (laughs) If If you love comic books and you're into comic books, this may be something that you should enjoy. So when I take my time to listen to someone who I respect, and Sam doesn't particularly respect this person at times because she flip-flops a lot, but I like Grace. I like her a lot. I believe her insight is highly important. When I listened to her review of this movie, I had a multitude of questions that didn't make any sense to me. But it (laughs) felt like someone who just wanted to complain to get attention. That's not what you're supposed to do. These movies ain't made for you to complain to get attention. These movies are made for your enjoyment. This is an extremely enjoyable film. Even for people who don't know who the Suicide Squad is, you're telling me, I don't care about these characters. Maybe I have to give you a backlog on why this film plays out the way that it does. But people who are in this genre, who know comic books, who know comic book 
movies. If you don't like this movie, it's because you're going into it with your own personal issues that you need to deal with. Yeah. Maybe you have mommy issues like Polka Dot Man and you have issues with it. Maybe you are in a situation or a marriage that's not working out well for you and you feel like your husband has trapped you and you feel like Harley Quinn. Maybe that's why you don't like this movie. Maybe you don't have a relationship with your children and maybe your children hate you and maybe like Bloodshot's character. Maybe you're someone who loves to wear a red hat. You love to talk about how much you love America and you want to do everything for America and it's not working out well for you. Guess what? Maybe you're a peacemaker. But that's not a reason to hate the movie. What it is is a reason for you to understand why something like this needs to be made. Maybe this is something that brings enjoyment to a multitude of people. James Gunn, granted, I talked the biggest trash about this gentleman when he got kicked out for what he did with them horrible jokes that he made. I made fun of it. It was funny to me. Not the jokes, but what happened to him was funny to me. But I can still acknowledge he was always a talented filmmaker. And what he presented to here is the most entertaining comic book film you'll ever get. Yep. But that doesn't mean people can't have issues with it. It's people out there who think The Godfather 2 is a bad movie. Like, I'm not here to argue with those people. I can give you a different perspective of it. Like, people who argue with people like that, that's Sam. Sam will tell you why you're stupid in the nicest way humanly possible of not liking this movie. <laughs> Sam feels the need to criticize people, especially the trade people who try to put Suicide Squad, a disappointment at the box office. And you're like, no, it's not. And then they admit it in their articles it's not, but it get it gets and it grabs headlines. Yeah. Same thing with Grace. It gets and it grabs headlines. She needed to be the only critic who started out by saying, oh, I guarantee Suicide Squad hits over 90 on Rotten Tomatoes. People should love this movie. And then she comes out with a review after she was skipped countless times for critic reviews that she was mad about. That's cool. That's cool. We understand. As people who review films, you know, we even get mad from time to time. We don't get the films at the times that we feel we should get the films. But someone yeah. with as big as an audience as she has, she was highly upset that she didn't yeah, get sure. to see the film when other critics got to see the film. Yeah. And it came across in her review like that's the reason that she was hating on this film. And I say hating only because some of the points she made, she knew about already because there was a movie called The Suicide Squad and she knew who The Suicide Squad is. Again, those type of people, to me, I have no time for. For people who come to me who don't know anything about The Suicide Squad and have questions about The Suicide Squad, I feel my job, not just as someone who critiques films, but someone who knows just the minimalistic stuff about this group of people, maybe I can help you out here. I can't give you the comic book knowledge, but I give you the films that you should check out. <laughs> I can tell you to check out certain things to understand why you don't really know these characters. But for all you other ones out there who just hating to hate, man, look here. I told you before at the Wonder Woman review, be happy that these comic book movies are being made right now. Instead of yeah. criticizing every one of them that come out. I literally stopped reviewing Marvel properties because I was overly criticizing it. I'm not a fan of them. But I know some of you out there love them. I know some of you out there love Zack Snyder's work. I'm not going to ever go out of my way to tell you these, these properties, <laughs> this content shouldn't be made. Yes, it should be made because you all love it and you all are going to go check it out. But, but that don't mean I got to like it. Okay? Oh, yeah. Enjoy what you enjoy. 
it's some of you out there who love Black Widow. That's a horrible movie. But it's some of you out there who absolutely love it. It's some of you that's going to love um, Chang Li or Shang Ching or whatever that movie is named. Some, some of you are going to love that movie. And guess what? Would you ever thought 10 years ago this movie would have got made for you to love? Do you think you would have gotten an Eternals movie 10 years ago? Do you think you would have got a Suicide Squad movie 10 years ago? How about a Blue Beetle movie? A Supergirl movie again? Like these are these are stuff that you all need to enjoy instead of unnecessarily hating because maybe the director that you love can no longer make movies in this universe. Maybe because the other director you love has skipped a universe that you felt he should always be attached to and decided to branch out and do something different. This is what you want. This is what make DC films better for me. Oh my God. Than Marvel films. It's because at least I know good or bad the director had full control of the movie. Now, granted, Warner Brothers may step in and decide, yeah, this movie you made is absolutely horrible, so we're going to have to change some things about it. But they go in with a good enough heart to say, we're going to let you do it. Unlike the other studio who has chased away Oscar-winning directors because they wanted more control over these films. But again, enjoy it because nothing has to be compared to one another. I don't have to compare Black Widow to Suicide Squad, to Venom 2, to Into the Spider-Verse, to anything, that, to, to the boys, to anything that's being made. You're at a point where these are <laughs> exactly like Westerns. You're getting different perspectives from different studios who are understanding that every audience isn't the same here. Everybody don't need to like the same thing. Yes, I am absolutely terrified and tired of Marvel giving me the same origin story over and over and over again. As much as I'm tired of DC deciding every director should have their own vision for every property that we do. But guess what? It's a different perspective. It's people who love this. It's people who need this in their life. And for that, I stand back. But when we come here and we do a spoiler review of something, and I understand why people can have an issue with something. I'm going to bring up that issue. It's only right, even for a movie like The Suicide Squad that I absolutely loved. I still bring it up because it's only fair. Yeah, that's, I mean, to be, just to allow Lucas a moment. Because <laughs> Lucas just, this, that's, that's Lucas Unleashed. I told Lucas, I was like, Lucas, every month you need to do a Lucas Unleashed. And make it like an episodic thing and just go off. He's done this before, you guys. Like he went 30 or 40 minutes on something. I forget what it was about, but he was completely unfiltered and he he went all the way in. Um, but no, and all honesty, like that's one reason why I love doing this with Lucas, is that Lucas knows that you know I'm gonna champion, you know, I'm gonna also like and I'm also gonna break down and also gonna look at it from different perspectives. And even something that he liked, he was able to give me more than anybody else about why somebody might not like it. And that's the reason why I, it's good conversation. It's good debate. It riled you guys up. Y'all in the chat just upset. Like, y'all were like. Man, y'all was super mad. Like, like y'all y'all completely forgot that what my <laughs> review of this film was. Just because I brought up issues with it. And it's fine to have issues with a movie. It is no. perfectly fine to have them. Or it's fine to understand when, when you get in your circle of friends, right? 
and you all are talking about things because we do it all the time. Our circle of friends are so different when it comes to things that we can all say, hey, I like this movie, but these are my issues with this movie. And it not take away from the enjoyment of the film. So we got to do the same thing with people on Twitter or people on any other thing. Let them do that. Let them understand like, hey, I, I feel you. You didn't like the movie. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion about it. Even if I think your opinion is stupid, you're still entitled to your opinion. And it's no issue being entitled to your opinion. But it comes along with respecting people and respecting that's messed up and respecting their work that they can happen. So I can say something about this movie with Grace that I don't agree with. And me wholeheartedly say she is someone one who I follow on Twitter. I don't follow people on Twitter. I'm not even on Twitter. He don't. Anymore. He really don't. I don't follow people on Twitter, but I follow her because I find I find her interesting. I find the things she says interesting. I find the knowledge that she has very interesting. That don't mean I got to agree with everything. Me and Sam, Sam is like my brother, and we don't agree on lots of stuff. And it will always happen. And there's no issue with that happening. So it should be the same with your friends. If they don't like your film, you love this film, and then you want to go back and forth, guess what? Ain't It's nothing, nothing has ever been wrong with friendly debate. Yeah. And that don't mean you're going to change someone's mind, don't it? Sometimes it happened, sometimes it didn't. I did a show before I, before I came to JVS with someone who I constantly changed his mind on everything he thought. And it got irritating after a while. But it can happen that way. But in most times, people stick to the things that they believe. And there's no issues with that. Yeah. So, again, I will have no issue with anybody who tells me they didn't like this movie. I can disagree with you. But I can under also understand your perspective on why you didn't like the film. Yeah. And just to clarify, as far as Grace is concerned, I think she's an amazing journalist. She's a scooper. She. She gets all the plus. I don't know how she gets all the tea, who she knows, but she gets all of it. I follow Grace. I'm subscribed to her channel. So I'll respect to Grace. Look, if Grace got something to say to Lucas. <laughs> but what for? I literally say, I, I, I don't follow any other critic. Not a single one but her. Because she's yeah. the only person who I normally feel when she gives a review, she's being bluntly honest about it. Maybe not so much for the Marvel movies, because she tends to like everything Marvel. I got questions about that. But, for the most part, I believe her when she reviews things. It's just with this one, I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Like, your argument doesn't make sense. So when your <laughs> argument doesn't make sense, of course we're going to question it. It only makes sense to do so. <laughs> bro, y'all are cracking me up in the chat. I can't, bro. Oh, that's a great question. No, it's not even a difficult question either. The best movie of the the best comic book film of the year. Yes. Hands I thought on. that's what he meant. Is that is that what he said? No, he, oh, said, he said best, best movie. movie of the year. Oh, I, nah. This year alone, I have seen at least 10 movies better than this one. Yeah, it's I not was... even it's not remotely close to being the best movie of the year, but it's definitely the best comic book movie of the year. Yeah, there's two movies that come to my mind is Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that later. That's I'm gonna say we reviewed one, The Novice, which is right. much better than this that, movie. That giant, bro. Like it's 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 better movies, but this is the best. You can skip the year. This is the best comic book movie possibly since Wonder Woman. 
It is. Like, because you can skip. Well, I have grown to to enjoy <laughs> Infinity War more than I did when it initially came out. So, yeah, maybe one of those. <laughs> Bro, it's blue. What you talking about, dog? Dang, like Tariq did Ghost. I literally review power weekly. That is that is dirty. Wow. You said you so you said Sam shot me? I ain't shot nobody. I ain't wow. Nobody. I never wow. knocked on nobody. Wow. Sold me out. Anyway, um, so man, see, Lucas. We were saying we said we're gonna do thirty minutes. Though. We're gonna talk about. We said, the movie. We, said we, we said we're thirty minutes. No, we we we. No. Is it something else we need to talk about in the movie? We there's, can do it quick. One other, there's one other thing I want to talk about. This scene Ooh. right here. This moment right here. We couldn't talk about it at the time, but your boy, Bloodsport and Peacemaker, um, had it out. Yes. On the guy stern rebels, and I so. It is sick. Yes, it is. It is really sick. Like they they first off, the way that they were killing people was just entertaining, inventive, and creative. Yes, it was. But at the same time, they were massacring people. Like I hadn't seen anything like that since um what was it the raid? The raid oh, no. industrial gap. Oh, I, like, I, I can I can name the movie because it's very similar to this one for me. In in it in the Brutality of it, Rambo Four. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a great comparison. Look that's here, a great comparison. That and here's the weird part too. Both of them happened in, in countries with with brown people that they just massacred. <laughs> no. So do you know somebody on uh, Twitter was like, "This movie was disrespectful to uh, yes, Latin American uh, people." Oh, I can, I can, but again. I can understand why someone would say that. They literally sacrificed the country. Like, that doesn't happen often. But as it pertains to that scene with them going back and forth to prove who can kill who better, I will always remember the peacemaker as the guy was laying down and he repeatedly stabbed him with his axe as he walked past them. And then stuck it in there. Oh my God. (laughs) That, That scene there was like, at that point, I was like, yeah, Peacemaker's my favorite character. <laughs> I like twisted characters a lot. I'm the one who like cheered, uh, what's the name? Agent? U.S. Agent? Agent. agent. Yes, yeah, I agent, justified yeah. why he killed the person with the shield. I felt it, it was he was perfectly sane and he should have killed them. So, he was a Peacemaker. I love the point that he did what he did here. It was awesome. And then at the end of it, we find out that they killed the freaking rebels. The good guys. They just slaughtered the good guys. And it's kind of it's it was a weird thing because it's like they felt bad about it. But then in the back of my mind, watching it the second time, it's like, but they villains though. And it's it's and that's right. the thing that I find so interesting about this is like a villain would be like, oh well, whatever. But they kind of were like, oh crap, what did I do? But not the peacemaker, he didn't care. No, he didn't care about anything. Like he was the one that I feel like when uh, Ratcatcher was about to get eaten by uh by King Shark, he was like in his tidy whities Yeah. And I was like, what you doing, bro? <laughs> he was he was real close to saying uh niggas die every day, B. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, if it happens, it happens. Oh, but again, uh, that's the good part of it because if we really think about it, the reason they killed all those rebels because Amanda Waller told them they were the bad guys, but she knew who they were. Wait, did she? She sent them to the camp and told them, do whatever you got to do to get Rick back. She had to know he was with the rebels. How could that have been a surprise to her? I don't believe so. So, so I and, always assume that she just didn't it, know. No, because if we think about it on the grand scheme of things, the rebels, her pope, the whole purpose of the rebels was to reveal Starro and everything tied to him. So you're saying that she used so it makes perfectly good sense when she was like, no, 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 no. They they holding him hostage. I need you to get him out of there. So would you say that the reason why, in addition to allowing Starro to do all that, it was to make sure there was no witnesses? Yes. You need absolutely no witness that the U.S. government is involved in this. That's sick. That's, that's some yeah. sick stuff. That's one thing I put together. Like, oh, so oh man, that's crazy here. Like it makes, but it makes perfectly sick. good sense for her to do it that way. <laughs> Ronan, I love you, man. Ronan, I would have had you on earlier today, bro. I know you couldn't get off work, but it's all good, bro. I think Suicide Squad is the best comic movie yes. so far this year. Can't wait. For hey, Core Gray, we are in agreement. I cannot wait for Venom Two, <laughs> and that last trailer they dropped for it. Was amazing. It was dope. I was I, I, I was surprised by Woody Harrelson. I was so surprised by Woody Harrelson. Granted, I don't think it will be as good as the Suicide Squad, but it doesn't have to be. It just has to be nuts. That's all I need from Venom 2 is for it to be nuts. But that's kind of odd that we, we are comparing to those two films, but it's this other studio dropping two comic book films this year. Nobody's anticipating either one of them. So is is Venom is it officially now PG thirteen or is it going to be rated R? Because they still haven't revealed it yet, right? They have not. Sony has still not dropped the rating for Venom too. But I, to me, it should be PG because the first one was PG and he ate someone. <laughs> you don't you don't need an R rating to be to be graphic. I don't know, bro. Like that scene where uh, but now with Carnage him and Carnage in it. Yeah, that freaking tongue going down that man's throat. There's I no was like, Now the the key part could be because of the pandemic that they could up it to R, because now there's no pressure on a box office. In all honesty, there's no pressure anymore for box office. You got Sony's dropping this, understanding it could do half of the business the first Venom did, and and it would be perfectly fine with that. But again, also Venom was Venom One was huge in China, and China is still going to give Venom Two a release date. Yeah, that's the other thing. Suicide Squad didn't release in China at all, right? No, the first one didn't release in China. Why? Why didn't the second one? I don't think it has a release date yet. It's nothing. I mean, Black Widow still hasn't released in China. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that's, that. I didn't know that. that's that's part of Scar Scar Joe's issue with that movie is that they have destroyed the potential in the box office for it. But you know, Suicide Squad is a, I think a little different. They may get a China release date, but Warner Brothers has never planned on that being a big audience for this film. As a matter of mm -hmm. fact, they haven't planned on any of this being a big audience 
I said before, they don't care about box office here. Yeah. They, they yeah. always said this is the second most watched film opening weekend for HBO Max. Yeah. And I did. think it's second to Wonder Woman 84. No, it, it, it was... What was it God's Mortal Kombat? Kombat? It was Man, ironically it, 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 Mortal it, it, Kombat. It was Mortal it, it, Kombat, ironically. It, 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 it be Mortal Kombat. That's, Mortal what it's, Kombat. That's, what, that's what somebody posted. Yeah, on, somebody, uh, somebody lying. Somebody right. lying. Because Mortal Kombat is not the most watched film on there. It's it's Wonder Woman 84 and then Godzilla versus Kong. It should be. Let me see. Right. Nobody liked Mortal Kombat enough to watch it on HBO Max. Yeah, it was not. I, it wasn't even that many people. I remember seeing it when it dropped. Yeah. Not, no, not that I remember. No. I think it's second to... I think God, Godzilla versus Kong did pass... Um. Wonder Woman 84. And if that's the case, then that means this one's right in front of Wonder Woman 84. Which would make sense for it to be that way. Because at this point, with everything that's going on in the world, with oh, the the new variant um, uh, running crazy. You were right, Lucas. They did it. Which one? They, Sony, uh, they closed the 1.2 billion. Oh, yeah, that's not, that's not surprising. AT&T's been trying to offload that for a while now. That's crazy. They're trying to sell that to anybody who will buy it. But, like, this is, this again, it makes sense for Suicide Squad to do the numbers that it's doing. It's not going to do huge box office numbers. Most people don't feel comfortable anymore. That comfortability of going to the theaters. Yeah, deadline lying. That comfortability of going, I know I said that quick, but no, not at all. Because Mortal Kombat never reached the numbers. Matter of fact, Mortal Kombat didn't reach the numbers of Space Jam 2. I feel like, yeah, the Snyder Cut probably got more numbers. And that's another thing, too. Because they said all HBO Max premieres. And Snyder Cut clearly got more views than Mortal Kombat. Yeah. All right, so this will be the last question. We're going to round this out. Who you want on the team if there's a sequel? I want Deadshot back. And, oh, he come, he, he'll be back. And I know James said, but now here's the weird part. I don't think James is set up for a sequel for this movie yet. Yeah. So I think they'll definitely bring him back, and I think he'll definitely do it because, of, again, it's the freedom that they're giving him. So I think he'll definitely do it, and I think Deadshot is somebody who I definitely want back. I don't want Harley Quinn back. We've seen enough of her at this point. Let's get some more characters here. Let's get a uh, bronze tiger in there somehow, some way. They like it's, it's a multitude of other characters I would like to see. Um, I don't need blood sport if I have dead shot because they are technically the same character to me. Uh, I want rat catcher return. Um, I definitely would feel like. Deathstroke would be an interesting like person to put in a mix of this. It would be, and to cast uh, Joe as Deathstroke because yeah. he's them. He's de- he definitely needs to be Deathstroke in 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 the Suicide Squad movie. That um, could be dope, even if he's the villain instead of a member of the squad. I would really be interested in that. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different things that they could poison do ivy. Yeah, Poison Ivy, uh, Killer Frost, um, and they can't put, they couldn't put the Reverse Flash or Zoom in here. That'd be too much. That'd be too much. OP. He'd be, he'd be like a villain. 
more yeah, than he would anything. be he, he would be a villain in it. But I mean, in that the animated film that we got it is the second animated film. Yeah. It is the second animated like, film. I, him I'd and Deathstroke as villains fighting the squad could be very interesting. Somebody said what would be interesting is the Justice League versus the Suicide Squad. Because James has said that he had he had thrown the idea around of maybe having instead of being Starro that it was going to be Superman that was under the control be, of something, which would be very interesting to have Superman that way. Like I don't know what they would. I, I would have tried to wait till Black Superman is cast and we find out who it is, who it is, and then maybe they'll go down that route. Because again, Warner Brothers is willing to take the risk, so they don't care about the perspective, the perception. Of yeah. Superman being under someone's control, I would even like the Entrantress to come back in a proper way, away from David Ayers and his horrible movies. Bring back Boomer, said <laughs> bring back Boomer. <laughs> Ooh, Killer Frost and Bane that actually would be freaking dope. I don't know about Bane. Bane is a hard character to do because it's, like- it's one person as Bane and. I don't want to see anyone else play that role. Wait, wait, who? Are you talking about Tom Hardy, right? Yes. Plus, so that would be they, a if... hell of a connection to do if they could get Tom Hardy. Well, after the Flash movie, there's no telling what DC can pull off because they have been talking that Christian Bale is in the Flash movie. So there's no telling what they could pull off. If they pull off Tom Hardy to play Bane in, in the sequel, to a Suicide Squad, that would be freaking sickening. Yeah, and, and yeah, like having him like be a venomous Bane, that'd be actually anyway. So yeah, um, anybody else I can think of? Nah, I think that's it, man. I think who we're else done. off of the off of Arrow. It's a couple of villains who showed up on Arrow that would be great. Who did Mark Hamill play on Arrow? The Trickster. There you go. He would be a good character to put in here. But then it's kind of like. Yeah, yeah, and, he would. He would definitely fit in a world have, as a and have <laughs> Mark Hamill play him. Perfect. But again, there's no telling. I, I would say we're a couple of years away from a Suicide Squad sequel anyway, because DC has a hell of a slate coming up of films. And after the Flash, we're gonna have to see how they go about <laughs> it. You know what? I don't like you no more. I do not like Dave Bautista in any way, shape, form, or fashion. He cannot act. He should definitely not play Bane. Like, come on now. Come on. Come on. He he knows that. That's why he did that. Dave Bautista. Come on, man. That non-acting fool. No. (laughs) Y'all are. All right. We got to go. Yes. Yes. Katana showing up back. Yeah. That would be dope. You know what I thought about the fact is that, yo, Amanda Waller is trifling, bro. Like, Rick Flagg <laughs> was her right hand. Was he, though? She didn't, give, she didn't give a flip. I don't know. I really don't even know anymore because... It's, it seems like Peacemaker was her right hand the whole time. Yeah, it might have been his replacement. <laughs> real for because he... And when I think back to it, like, she didn't care. She came back knocked out, and she just... Eh, whatever. Hey, that's the that's the most important character to come back for another Suicide Squad movie. Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. Oh yeah, yeah. You, and that's if they, a must. If that's they play must. this properly, 
you can get two more Suicide Squad films and have Viola be the key character in each film. She can literally be the evil Nick Nick Fury, and it work because yeah. you yeah. can you can port her through every movie in whatever DC is the worlds of DC or whatever they're calling it now, and that will be interesting. What would be interesting is I feel like you know even with David's movie, it's kind of like they brought up Superman and David's movie after Superman died. In this one, they talked about like Amanda specifically got blood sport because. He, he shot Superman with Superman a bullet. bullet. They keep on playing it up like eventually she's going to get somebody powerful enough to control. And if she has somebody like a Superman character that was powerful like that, that would be a threat. That would be a really then, interesting then, thing. Then you got a question because it is someone who's coming out with a movie next year who can be said to be as powerful as Superman. Black Adam. And he's Adam. technically a villain. Look, look, you, hey, you're hey, too much, hey, I'm telling you, too much. I'm telling you, be, be prepared because again, there's so many avenues open for DC to decide to go in a different direction with certain characters. And Black Adam can start off as an anti hero and become an ultimate villain. Yeah, well, the Michael Keaton thing that's going to be something to watch out because that may set up uh Batman Beyond. And that is something most we really have to pay a lot of attention to. I would nerd out. Y'all would see the geek come out of me, no matter what's going on, whatever. How hey, much sleep hey, I don't have, I that, would freak out. Does, whatever this Supergirl movie is going to be, whatever this Batgirls movie is going to be, whatever this Blue Beetle movie is going to be, like, be prepared. Again, you're, gonna, you're about to get an onslaught that I said, and I'm going to toot my own hat here again, tip my own hat here again. I said when HBO Max is coming out, I said, just watch. They're going to drop a lot of DC films because that's the best way they can do it. These low-budget films, and low-budget means $100 million and under, or at this point, $150 million and under, that you can drop on HBO Max and it'd be perfectly fine. So again, this is going to be interesting. We, we got time to see it happen, but you know, possibly another Suicide Squad in two or three years. So would you want to, from the Flash movie, showing, you know, Michael Keaton's Batman. That's going to be very interesting. From that point, making a Batman Beyond series or Batman Beyond movie? What what do you think Batman Beyond would work better in? (laughs) A series. Yeah, that's what what I was thinking. It would work better in a series, but that'd be way too expensive. I don't know if they can afford Michael. Yes, they can. He ain't that high. But the problem would be, like, I don't think they would go multiple seasons with it. I think you use it just enough to introduce the character and then branch him off. Mm. But then how do you branch him off? Uh, yeah, it takes place in the future. And you mm-hmm. got other future Justice Leaguers. You got, like, an older Superman. Like, there's so many different things and then you have the Batman the, universe. And but... then you have two Superman projects coming. Technically, two black Superman projects coming. You have the one, the Michael B. Jordan one, and then that's the television show. The Vile El. That's the television. That's the HBO Max show. And then you have the movie, which they haven't confirmed it's going to be a black Superman, but because a black man is writing it, people think it's going to be a black (laughs) Superman. So it's a possibility you're going to have two different black Superman, or. No matter what, you're gonna have two different Superman. 
Like yeah. it, it's going to be very inter. It's more interesting to see the direction that both or all of these comic book universes are going to be going in the next couple of years, whether it be whatever DC is doing and what they're attempting to set up by acknowledging that they're not big on connecting everything. But along with you getting a Justice League Dark movie slash series, you're getting the Green Lantern movie slash series, you're getting a new Batman animated series that's coming out along with all these other projects. With Marvel, you're getting, well, What If is dropping soon, which Sam will be reviewing. Then you get uh, Chung Lee's movie. Then you get um, Eternals along with Loki setting up possibly... Uh, and Doctor Strange setting up mutants somehow, some way, coming in MCU with the Blade film. And then with Sony, you're going to get the interesting part of Venom. Then you get the interesting part of Morbius, which I think also comes out this year. Or is it early February next year? And Morbius comes Morbius out. Morbius got pushed back to next year, I think it's year, February. I believe. Yeah. But then it's clear that Morbius sets up a lot of Peter Parker because his Marvel situation will be over by then. Yep. And the Craven movie, which they, they are coming out with, and the writer being open about Spider-Man's in the Craven movie. So then you get to see possibly the evolution of Spider-Man from the MCU movies to the Sony movies, and maybe you get the return of Andrew as Spider-Man, as an older Spider-Man. Right. That would be, for me, that would be life. Like hey, Andrew Garfield comes back as Spider-Man, dude. I, I but then that's just, just what I mean. But at the point now, this is why you all should be happy. Granted, I want you to all understand also, the overload of content normally leads to the beginning of the end of it, and you get back to the true essence of what the content can be. But for right now, enjoy it. You got the boys has a movie coming out. All right, so real quick vote. This guy, <laughs> this, this Dylan O'Brien, all right, because they did have the what you call it, or or your boy from the King. Which one, Terry McGinnis? Who would he's you a, pick? He's a weird part. Both of them are too old. Nah, nah, they nah, nah, they not. Both of Terry, them are in their mid twenties, late twenties. Terry McGinnis old, is supposed to be a teenager. That's how it always is. All these shows always have. All these movies so and then shows always have. Like, would you not go for someone in their early 20s? Wouldn't that be Timothy? the best? Wouldn't that, Wait, Timothy? Isn't he? Uh... Timothy has to be like 26, 26. Him and Tom Holland are about the same age. If if he's not older. Let me look that up. Man, he is 25. What the flip? Yeah. Time so then, quick, then you're like a couple of years away from him being almost thirty. So I I I think if they if they actually go along with some of Batman Beyond related, it's gonna be a young actor that maybe he's not fully on people's radar yet. That we need to that you have to start looking at. I got somebody, but it's gonna get me in trouble. Hold on, let me see if I can find him. What's his name? What's his cat's name? I feel like he might be too old now anyway. What is his name? Well, if, if he's in the range of Timothy, <laughs> he would clearly nah, be he's, too old. So he's already on a show by DC, um, and he plays a certain beast character. No. You know what I'm talking about, right? 
Uh, you talking about the guy who plays Beast Boy? Yeah. On uh, Titans. Titan. Yeah. Yeah. No. What? No. I don't know. I think I, that, can throw, I can throw a wild name out, but he may be eight years away from being too, <laughs> too old to play the character. Who are you talking about? Uh, Ezra. And I'm not talking about Ezra Miller. Oh! <laughs> oh, yeah, no, he's too young. He's too young. Uh, he's 12 or 13 right now. If you're going to set up something of that nature, it's going to be in the future anyway. Just think about it. Make him Robin. Look, you can make him Robin. Don't make you him can no. definitely make him Robin. But, again, he's like eight years away from growing. So there's no telling. To cast to cast him up, yes. I get that's, it. That's Casting what I mean. Up, by, the time, by the time he's, yeah, I can see that. He's a, He'll be around Terry McGinnis' age, actually. But... We got we got to talk with uh, Justin and David about that. <laughs> like get his agent to talk to them because hey hey even even Lonnie would be a good choice if you wanted to change a little bit about Terry McGinnis. Oh Lord, see now look you starting stuff in the later night. See we, we already in an hour and thirty three minutes. Hey, hey, what are we doing here? <laughs> you, you just asked who would be good characters to play Terry McGinnis, and I said the characters you named were great, especially Timothy. Great character. He's just unless you're not playing Terry as a teenager, like he may be a bit too old for that role. But if you and unless they surprisingly cast someone as that character with this flash film, and maybe they're not revealing all the casting that they've done, then yes, if you're casting him right right now, then somebody like Timothy would be great. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how fast they're they working on this thing, though. Well, no one knows actually what's going to happen because no one understands fully what's happening in this Flash movie. True. Which is the way Andy wants it. He did not want a lot of people to fully understand what's happening in this Flash movie. We still don't know how many, how many Batman will be in this movie. It's been rumors that Robert Pattinson is in this movie. Hmm. Like if you if you turn around and you have Robert Pattinson, Michael Keaton, uh, Ben Affleck, hell George Clooney, <laughs> Val Kilmer, like if you turn around and attempted to put every Batman in this movie, along with Supergirl being in this movie, what happened if Superman shows up in this movie? Which Superman are you going to get to show up in this movie? Could sure. it be Henry? Could it be Henry and? Could this be the reveal of whoever they're casting for the new Superman movie? I just know that if you're going to put Supergirl in an alternative way, you're going to have to also put a Superman in some capacity. Not really. You can hint towards a Superman and not put him in a movie. Why does everybody keep putting this dude out here? He's a little too old at this cool. point. Uh, your boy that was with Tyler Hecklin on Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. Teen yeah. Wolf dude. No, he's way too old right now. Tyler Hecklin clearly is paying a 40-year-old Superman right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's way too old for that. But again, it's just going to be interesting to see where all of these um, comic book universes are heading to for you all out there who really geek out over this stuff. As Sam said, if if in this Flash movie, they, they mess around and show Michael Keaton in a black suit walking with a cane 
towards anybody, you will understand the direction they're going in with his Bruce Wayne. Right. Or if he comes up with a big dog as he's doing that, that's it. People are going to lose their mind. And then all he has to do is say, like, Terry. And then that's it. Yeah. Anyway, we got to go. I got to go to sleep. Hopefully you guys enjoyed (laughs) this. Whatever spoiler review for it was a spoiler review plus discussion, which I told you it would turn into. You no, didn't want to believe me. I just <laughs> anyway. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Make sure you like this, make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Go down in the description bar below. You can follow Lucas, you can follow Team JVS on Twitter, follow us on Instagram as well. We're gonna have a lot of um reactions for trailers that are going to be hitting our Instagram IG live. We also have TikTok now. You can go and check out some of our authentic reactions. I may even try to get Lucas to do a trailer reaction. Yeah, I don't know. Never. I, I think I can do it, you guys. <laughs> just, just name it. Name it. Name what you want him to do a trailer reaction for. Whatever it is. And I'll try to see if I can get him to do it. I don't even know nothing about the TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yo, East Food Drew, you gotta stop instigating, dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Alright, y'all. Well, we'll talk to y'all later. Um, we'll be back in a little bit. Dang, when am I supposed to drop this? What if? Mm. Pretty soon. Crap. Yeah. Later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>